What is up, NC Raw? We're coming to you with a special episode of the podcast. On September 8th, we spent the day at Lake Junaluska in Haywood County for the Western North Carolina Regional Recovery Rally. We were able to talk to members of our community and different agencies about what recovery looks like in our own backyard. Really just build some awesome relationships with folks who are supporting recovery and recovery allies. We conducted a bunch of interviews, however, a lot of what we recorded just wasn't usable because of the level of background noise. There's a band on stage and people up on stage getting excited throughout the whole entire event. So fortunately, I was able to stick around after the event ended and sit down and talk to an amazing dude, Oryx Cohen, the chief operating officer of the National Empowerment Center out of the Boston, Massachusetts area. He was the keynote speaker for the event. He granted me about 30 minutes of his time to pick his brain a little bit about what his organization does, a little bit of his personal experience, and to teach me some things about stuff I had never heard of before. So I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Give it up for my man, Oryx Cohen. Individual, living the miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible. Totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life. Is going through different intervals, finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why I stand before you impeccably, so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I give the rival expected to be exceptional. And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I am incredible, the unconventional. And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unconventional. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Oryx, welcome to NC Raw. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so you're down here visiting from where? I'm visiting from all the way from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. And who, who are you representing? I'm representing the National Empowerment Center. We're one of three federally funded, peer-run mental health organizations in the country. Oh, man, that's beautiful. How did you get hooked up with Richie? I got hooked up with Richie a few years ago at the largest uh, recovery conference in North Carolina. I was honored to be invited as a keynote speaker, and I met Richie there, and we we bonded immediately, pretty much. And he got really interested in the work that I was doing, and you know, I made, I helped make a a movie called Healing Voices, Uh and um, and so we've we've been working together ever since. Okay, Um, what? 
What do you think about what you saw today in this little rural town, western North Carolina? It's probably totally different than something that you're accustomed to back home in Boston. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, this feels feels like home to me because I, I actually live more out in the country okay. from Boston. Um, but I ever since Richie was telling me about this rally and how it's the largest recovery rally in North Carolina and... Um, and, and honestly, how much the community has engaged in it from you've got the mayor was here, you've got senator, you've mm-hmm. got police department, you've got all kinds of recovery allies here. Um, and I wanted to come and see see this in action. Yeah. And so to be here has been amazing. It's it's really a model for the rest of the country, I think. Now, you come from more of a mental health background, is that correct? That's right. That's right. And, what, uh, what kind of sparked your interest in the addiction side of the mental health world? Well, um, you know, I, for early on in my career, I, I, I think because of my own personal experience, I really wanted to focus more on the mental health aspect of the work. And the more, But the more I've done the work, the more I realized that we can't keep operating in our own silos in our own bubbles because we're we're all human beings that experience a range of issues all the time and so being a human means basically you've you've got some sort of addiction in your life and some sort of mental health going on just just part of being a human being and so to outreach to these other groups is crucial i think to to having success for everyone because yeah. we can't do it alone we got we got to partner we got to as Richie says carry each other's message mm-hmm. and so um, and honestly Richie's been a, a big part of inspiring me to to reach out more because he's he's reached out to us and he's come to our major conference okay. two years running and so I wanted to come in and support what you guys are doing here you mentioned a documentary yeah what uh what was that all about what kind of response did you get from it? Well, it's called Healing Voices. And the reason we made the movie is because back in the early 2000s, we started doing some, some work that was fairly revolutionary at the time in mental health. It, it involved peer support and involved... What year? What time uh, frame? 2001. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. revolutionary back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it involved peer support. It involved saying, you know, we can recover from these things like s- diagnoses of schizophrenia, bipolar. Mm-hmm. Full recovery is possible. And those ideas weren't really accepted in, in mental health at that time. And they're still not fully accepted. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of, of stigma, which I'm sure there is with addiction too. But um, we wanted to make a movie to say, hey, you know what? people can take control back, back over their lives. There's not just one way to, to get better. There's not just one way to heal. And uh, we see it happening all the time around us through the work that we're doing with, with alternative approaches and peer support. And so we want to document this. Mm-hmm. And so that was the inspiration of the movie. And so it took six years to make it. Okay. And we produced a feature-length documentary, uh, one... one uh, an award at okay. the Boston International Film Festival, been shown all around the world. And 
it it's an inspirational movie. It it provides hope. It 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 follows three central characters over the course of about five years and shows that people do make amazing changes. That we don't need to be afraid of people who hear voices or who have different experiences. And um, so it's really impacted a lot of people over over the over the course of the last several years. And now we're we're making a second film, which is. Uh, going to focus more on the addiction world. It's okay. called Recovering Addiction. Kind of a follow-up with the same kind right. of basis. So it is a follow-up, yeah. Now, where can our audience find the first film if they wanted to watch yes. it? Yes. Um, it's an independent grassroots film, and at the moment, the the only way that you can watch it is by going to our website, which okay. is HealingVoicesMovie.com. HealingVoicesMovie.com. Yep. Okay. Totally gonna check it out tonight. Yeah. What kind of work do you guys do at National Empowerment? Like, what what does that look like? Well, we do a lot of this. We do we go around the the country and the world, and we we we, we do a lot of speaking engagements, mm-hmm. um, trying to spread the message. So we're not we're not a, a service organization, but we're more of a public education um, organization where we're about we we want to we want to educate people in large numbers and maybe the community on a level that of people who like say might not attend an event like this today but people who might still have that kind of stigma or that view of, on people who suffer right. or struggle right. from these right behaviors so we have a great website too it's called uh, power to you.org with the the number two the letter u okay um so that's one way we get the message out we also do a lot of web like national and international webinars okay so people can tune in online um we have a radio we have a radio show oh yeah yeah tell me about it (laughs) um that's my thing it's pretty cool because uh there's a community radio station and i could hook you up with some yeah some people actually some information uh in terms of how to grow grow Mm -hmm. a radio station but this hooked up with this guy who started this community radio station called Unity Radio in, in Massachusetts, and it started out very small, you know, similar. And um, he invited us to come do a show because he's looking for content. Okay. And so our organization sponsors a show on his on his station called uh, it's called Empower. Love it, Empower. Yes. Um, and it's it. all about empowerment, um, hearing stories of empowerment from around the world. Okay. And um, so, yeah, we have our shows archived and everything. Um, so I do. I, usually, I'm in the other. I'm in the other role. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm interviewing people from all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, but since that time, the station has gotten funding, and they've got an off. They've got a space in downtown Worcester. They've got politicians like supporting it yeah it's it's really taken off so i'm i'm a big fan of radio mm-hmm. and i see the i see the power that that it can have yeah totally um that's kind of what inspired me to start this this podcast is that um in early recovery i got back into school in the human services substance abuse counseling world but after about a year and a half in the program i started like to question the direction of my my career and is that something that I really wanted to do and before making any rash decisions and dropping out or doing anything that I would regret I took a step back and began to like reflect on on my life and specifically my childhood and really wanted to 
investigate what my original goals were prior to my substance use. Mm. Right? Yeah. And like what did I, what were my interests? What did I want to do? And the answer is was radio. Not necessarily like host a show, but just like yeah. maybe behind the scenes kind of yeah. thing. It was just something that I was interested in. I was so interested in it that I'll tell you right now I have my favorite radio DG, DJ's face yeah. tattooed on my leg. <laughs> From back home in Tampa, that's Florida. Awesome. So, like that's how passionate I was. So like I understood the power of of voice and of conversations. Yeah. And that's like podcasts interest me because we don't have like necessarily somebody telling us what we can and can't say. And we can right. get into these in depth, long yep. form, deep, insightful right. conversations yeah. without like a break in the that's action. That's awesome. You know, that's so awesome. So I totally get where you're where you're coming from with that, and I, I totally and, and see community the power. radio is similar. Mm-hmm. Community radio doesn't have the advertising and the uh, the, the the limitations, and, yeah. and so yeah, I love the freedom of independent radio yeah. or podcasts. It's, it's, it's really beautiful, awesome. man. Now I heard you speak on stage a little bit earlier, and so I'm going to ask you again. Sure. What? Uh, tell me what? How you define recovery? Because what I heard you say up, up on stage was very intriguing. And I think that it's some it's a message that um, that is powerful. That, that people need to kind of it's a, a, somewhat of a different way of looking at right at the issue. Well, I'm gonna see if I can find my notes. Okay, <laughs> I didn't put you on the spot, man. I, just <laughs> oh, I I I can. It's probably better to not look at your notes yeah. and just speak from the heart. Anyway. Um, yeah, so what, what I said and what I believe is um, I think the definition of recovery that, that you have at this rally is mm-hmm. really good in mm-hmm. terms of health, home, purpose, community. Mm-hmm. I think that's a nice, that's a really nice definition, and mm-hmm. it definitely fits my experience. It fits a lot of people's experience. Um, and, and what I said is that um, recovery is for everyone. Um, so there's there's nobody that I can think of that can't experience healing and recovery. Mm-hmm. Even the people that we may have written off, the people diagnosed with the most severe diagnoses like schizophrenia, bipolar, etc. People that are on the back wards right now yeah. that maybe society has given up on. Recovery, recovery is possible for everyone. And it may look a little bit different for everyone. So I really think that it's also individual and for me, um, recovery is is really about li- living a more connected life. Yes. So l- whether that's with yourself, be more connected with your yourself and, and, and your emotions and what works for you and what doesn't work for you and being able to be more grounded, all of that stuff. Um, but also uh, in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so having better connections with other people, maybe having a family, maybe having friends, yeah. lovers, etc. But people that support you and that nurture you, that's mm-hmm. a big part of recovery. And, and so feeling more connected to other people and feeling more connected to the earth. Yeah. Um, because I think as a, as a species, we've like got so disconnected. We think that we're so special and that 
you know, we're separate from everything else, but we're actually connected to the earth and the universe and everything. We're a part of it. And so I, I think a, a part, at least for me, a, a big part of recovery is trying to also take care of the earth yeah. and, and feel more connected to everything around me. Um, and I also said, you know, we've lost touch with spirit and spirituality um, what's what what's beyond what we can't necessarily see but what some of us have experienced in our um, altered states uh, mm-hmm. is 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 more of a spiritual or you don't even need to be in an altered state to to experience a spiritual connection but that we've lost that somehow a, a lot of people have and so that can be a big part of recovery as well on stage you kind of went into a little bit of detail about a significant spiritual experience yes you want me to share? Yeah, if you got the time. Oh, yeah, I got the time. Um, yeah, I shared an experience um, related to me, again, being kind of on the other side of, of, uh, of organizing an event. Um, it's nice to be a participant. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been on the other side of organizing a big event where um, it's called the Alternatives Conference. It's the largest peer-run mental health conference in the United wow. States. We get anywhere between 500 and 1,200 people to come every year, different mm-hmm. sites around the country. And in 2013, I was in charge of, I was that lead person, so I was in charge of organizing mm-hmm. the conference. And it was the first time I did it. I was pretty stressed out about it. also had some personal trauma going on in my life. Um, and... Uh, long story short, this conference was in Austin, Texas that year, and I ended up not sleeping for several days, uh, you know, dealing with this, this personal crisis that I, that I was having in my life, which involved my relationship with my wife, uh, and, and not resolving uh, previous trauma of my parents being divorced at a very young age. And I had all this going on, and the last day of the conference, I basically went into an altered state. Mm-hmm. And when I go into altered states, it's like I'm totally disconnected, basically. Uh, it's still possible to connect with me, but I'm a lot different than I am normally. <laughs> uh, I space, it's like dreaming awake, or I like to describe it as a vision quest. So I had this experience way out in Austin, Texas, when I'm living in Massachusetts, and if it wasn't for uh, an amazing group of people that had been trained in emotional CPR who actually drove me across the country and provided support for me and were able to connect with me, I would have, who knows where I'd be today. But um, So I got through that experience. And then I didn't have to organize this conference for like four years. Mm-hmm. And it comes up again, I'm the lead organizer 2017, last year. And... So it was a big deal for me because last time I had done this, I ended up you know, going through the state, and then I did eventually end up in a hospital in Massachusetts. So it was, it was big, and I, and I did a much better job of delegating and um, taking care of myself, making sure I slept. And uh, it was still stressful being the lead, but uh, I think it goes to show that we're very resilient and powerful. Yes. We can do things. And... Um, and I was able to to have a good experience at the conference and and get through it, and it was a huge success. And um, 
in the last day of the conference, I had an experience which in the past could have probably put me, you know, in, in other worlds and lost and disconnected, but I was able to really sit with it, which was, I was walking through this beautiful ballroom at the Park Plaza Hotel in Boston, and all these people, and um, I just got this overwhelming feeling that we are all one, yeah. and we're separate, but we're one, and... Um, in the past that feeling could have just taken me off into different worlds and you know my ego could have taken over and I'm so special because I'm experiencing this but no I just sat with it and said this is this is just the way it is it's beautiful it's a beautiful spiritual moment of connectedness just enjoy it and I did and I sat with it and it was it was wonderful so what do you think was different that time I think I think experience helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, going through uh, three three uh, three of those experiences where I ended up really disconnected, and I didn't want to do that again. I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I didn't want to scare my kids, or you know, mm-hmm. scare my wife, or, you know, feel disconnected from people. So, to just the realization to that, you can have a connection with with a greater spirituality. You can feel these really intense spiritual feelings but stay present that was that was huge for me so as um in your overall wellness practices do you utilize like mindfulness techniques and stuff like that or what do you yeah mindfulness has been really helpful for me breathing uh yoga um honestly just getting rest and sleep Mm -hmm. And to really taking care of yourself. Yeah, taking care of myself so I can be grounded. Um, recognizing that stress may come up and I may not sleep well for a couple nights, but not to get overly, you know, stressed out about it. Make not, sure I, not feed into it. Right. Yeah. You hit on something a couple times today, and I'm cur- that I'm curious about emotional CPR. Yes. Today's the first day I've heard that term, so okay. I'd like to know a little bit about it and then how one might get the training sure for it yeah um emotional cpr is a training that we've developed at the national empowerment center okay um and so it's developed by people with lived experience who've been through these types of crises that we're talking about and come out the other side and we feel like we've been through it so we know how best to support each other and what works and what doesn't and so this training has been developed over the past 10 years um as a way for and it's not just for people with lived experience we we wanted to develop it for anyone mm-hmm. so any human being can learn how to better support another human being through an emotional crisis yeah. um, and sp- really sit with them and be with them and deeply listen and we find that this technique which involves uh, the CPNR our connection, empowerment and revitalization um, that uh it works. Yeah. It works just being with... We've, we've seen so many... Uh, we see it as a prevention strategy, and we've seen so many times where people have done emotional CPR, and then people have avoided having to go to a hospital or, or had, had to avoid maybe some further trauma or family separation or all the things that happen when people end up in a hospital. Um, so to get involved, uh, it's emotional-cpr.org. and. Yeah. You can learn more, maybe maybe bring a training to your area. But it's super it's interesting. Working. How did you get involved 
so many years ago before it was like in the forefront with just peer support in general How, what was it about that that when we first started yeah how to get on your radar even got on my radar because of my own personal experience yeah <laughs> yeah i ended up in in 1999 i ended up uh in a mental hospital mm -hmm. and i saw the way that i was being treated wasn't working for me mm -hmm. and so I was committed to try to help develop alternatives. Um, and I, f I discovered a movement that had actually been around from the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. um, and they were mostly focused on human rights and like, uh, you know, we're not going to stand for, we're not going to stand to be forcibly electroshocked or forci forcibly treated, forcibly secluded, forcibly drugged. So there's this, there's this kind of uh, activist movement mm -hmm. that had been around for a while. And, but there wasn't as much going on with the, with the support, like the peer support mm -hmm. part of it. So it's one thing to be angry and then it's another thing to like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Like we need to get together in communities. We need to support each other. And so the freedom, we founded an organization called the Freedom Center in 2001 uh, in Massachusetts, which was a, about support and activism. Okay. So we... So uh, we were kind of towards the beginning of uh, really advocating for peer support and mental health before that was really talked about. Yeah. Um, and now it's more accepted. There's peer specialists who get paid to do the work. Um, but that, that came actually after our, this organization after started. After you already. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful, man. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on, Oryx. Again, uh, if anybody's interested in the work you're doing, they, all of your information can be found on power2u.org. Right. Correct? Right. All right, anything else, man? Any closing words? Oh, I just want to thank you, Stephen, for mm -hmm. having me on the show. I think mm -hmm. what you're doing is great. I, I support multiple pathways to recovery as well, so um, awesome. just... Best of luck to you, and thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah, man. We'll talk again. I, I, okay. promise, I promise you that. We'll okay. talk again. All thanks, right. Oryx. Sounds good. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs>